Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome in Sports Tonight. It's November 4th. We're getting ready for week nine in the NFL. As always, I'm going to be joined by my colleague, Sid Seraf, our NFL analyst. First, a word from our sponsor, Mercer Florida Home Carpet One. Their third generation family business established in 1959. They're located on Main Street in beautiful, historic downtown Westminster. They're the oldest floor covering store in Carroll County. And one of Maryland's longest-running flooring businesses. For all your flooring needs, Fink Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. Sid, how we doing? Great. How are you? Good. Ready for another week of action. Uh, Ravens back after their bye. Excited about that. Let's talk about your Rams to start, though. They acquired Von Miller. What, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I was uh, amazed. because It actually was really funny because <laughs> I was on my way. I would just gotten a haircut, and I was on my way to the grocery store. And I was listening to somebody on the radio, and they were talking about potential moves by the trade deadline. And they somehow brought up the Broncos. And then I was sitting there going, like, man, wouldn't it be crazy if, like, the Rams pulled off a trade for Vaughn Miller? And, you know, just, like, shooting it out of nowhere, you know, just like that would never happen. And then all of a sudden, I sort of got within five minutes that news broke. And I was, like, I was was happy and shocked. And how are they doing this? And I don't get it. And then I found out that the Broncos are paying all of his salary, and I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Uh, how I think about this is very simple. They didn't need him, really. I mean, they what they got out of him is a bonus. Look, I don't think he's the same player that he was back when he was the back when the Broncos won the Super Bowl in that 20, 2015 season. The good news is they don't need him to be. If he can be. Somebody said 70%. I think that's pretty accurate. I think that if they can – I would say you. there's not even like a lot of pressure to necessarily play him every week. I think be cautious with them. And then like they, re- they really got him for the playoffs. Yeah, really- and a good position for him with as much attention as Donald obviously commands. And, uh, you know, if he's getting single coverage, he figures to be able to still cause some damage. We talked about it briefly on our Ravens podcast. The bank last night, the Rams are basically the anti-Ravens of how they value draft picks. But Rams have a chance to go all in this year. And, and hey, uh, I, I don't mind that pulling pull the trigger and trying to uh, yeah, complete the deal. So we've talked about the Rams being one of the five or so NFC teams of a chance. And this improves their, uh, improves their odds for this year. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, probably not a whole lot to say on – Former Vegas receiver Henry Ruggs, um, yeah, well, he took a life and he's cost his own. But I'll, I'll let you add any any thoughts you have there. Yeah, I don't have much to add. That that was just awful. It was just a tragedy. Uh, uh, the victim in that was 23 years old, was with her dog. I mean, she had her whole life ahead of her. Uh, it just, again, like I mentioned in the column, it just goes to show that, you know, the choices that you make can have – deadly and really far-reaching consequences. You know, I don't think that Henry Ruggs set out to kill someone that night, and I I don't believe he did. But to drink and drive, especially in that city, and especially in this day and age, it's just unacceptable. 
And then the, the, the details of the crash were awful. He was going 156 miles an hour. I mean, that is just terrible. And he's ruined a woman, you know, obviously ended a life, ruined her family's life. All her friends and family are going to have to deal with this forever. He, and then not only that, he ruined his own life. You know, I mean, yeah. he's his, fa- his family. It's a, it's a lot of uh, a lot of people oh, there. And, terrible, uh, terrible. Just yeah, just an unnecessary tragedy. And I think the words you used in your article is that you're not a uh, a moralist, and I I, I can uh, agree with that a lot. I, I feel very similarly, but very unnecessary. Get an Uber, man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like especially these days, it's so easy. <laughs> Uh, you know, whatever. Yep. Uh, another issue for the Raiders. Interesting is seeing. Uh, um, I don't know. Why I just drew a blank on a uh, uh, car. Derek Carr. Derek Carr and yeah. and uh, you could see his uh, comments in the aftermath. And between this and Gruden, they've had a number of uh, larger of, uh, events this year. And uh, uh, Carr has kind of stepped up as a leader. We'll see if they're able to get past this as well. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Cleveland, Baker and OBJ of some of that drama. Uh, some thoughts there. Uh, uh, like again, I, I really, when the giants traded him to Cleveland, I was a big fan of that move. And I thought that was going to be a real, that was going to be the weapon that Baker Mayfield was going to hold on to. And they were going to just excel and do great things together, and that just has not happened. And whether it be through injury, which is what happened to Odell last year, and, you know, you and I have talked about this. They, it, there's just something off. It doesn't work. I don't know why. It just doesn't work. Either, you know, it's either Baker forcing the ball to him or he's trying not to force the ball to him. Either way, it's not working out. Now you've got Odell's family, eh, you know, his dad posting videos on the Internet. Yeah, All of that. that's, what, that's what you really need there. Yes. <laughs> How does that help? You know, I mean, it just doesn't. And I get it. You know, you're, you have an emotional investment in your son, but, you know, your son has to go to work and face these people every day. Maybe think about that before you post those videos. But, again, uh, it's not working. Uh, it's kind of a bummer that they couldn't get a trade worked out. But, uh, you know, they're going to have to release him. What are you going to keep him around? You can't. Yeah, I, I guess that's where I was going. Like, do you do you release him, or do you roll for the rest of this season and then try and find a, a partner? And frankly, I'm, my thought, I'm I'm not uh, up on Odell's contract status, but I, I believe well, he still he's has. Owed, he's owed eight million. Yeah. For the rest of the season, and uh, some I heard somebody on uh, I think it might have been ESPN. I think it was Bart Scott, actually. Somebody who brought up, guess who has cap space and can sign Odell Beckham if he gets released? The Ravens. Yeah, not a whole lot. About $2 million, but all right. Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah, but apparently uh, they can fit him under – at least that's what Bart Scott says. Though I didn't look at it. I probably should have – before I talked, I probably should have looked that up. But, but the uh, – you know, I've come around a little bit on Baker. I mean, I never was down on him. I, I just – I thought he – I like him for what he is, like a slightly better than league average quarterback. And actually, I think Cleveland's probably going to get benefit from him having maybe a, a down year and be able to sign him to a to a contract that, that really works for them long term. But yeah, right now he's playing with a the injured to his non-throwing shoulder, which is a, 
it's a big deal. Uh, the labor uh, there, working through that, then dealing with uh, uh, this distraction, and Cleveland overall dealing with uh, not meeting their overall expectations. Everything's on Baker because he's the QB, and you get it. But they've got other issues going on. You can look at their defense as well, and that's uh, they, you know collectively they just have not met the the expectations they they came into the year with. So. Yeah, I mean, but the good news is they're four and four still. They have they have they have plenty of time, not plenty of time, but they have time to get it together and go on a run. They just need to yep. clean up, you know. Uh, Rogers in Green Bay, he tests positive for COVID. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, you led your article with that. Well, let's let's uh, recap your thoughts there. <laughs> yeah, it was always. It just reminds me again of like being a child and when your parents, if you screwed up when you were a kid. Your parents would get mad at you if you messed up. They would get really mad at you if you lied about it. Don't lie. And that's something that they try to drum it into your head. And it took me many years before I realized that. That, you know, when you lie for no reason, again, why did he do it? You know, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. I mean, I understand reporters can be annoying and they ask questions, especially, you know, when we had that run, like in a training camp of like, it seemed like every single media session, Reporters were asking, whatever player came, are you vaccinated? And I finally, I kind of, at some point, I thought that was a little irritating. I'm going, you know, am I vaccinated? Shut up. That's my answer. But you, know, you can't do that. But again, I don't think it would have been a huge deal if he had just not kind of made it seem like he had been vaxxed before. And it's just kind yeah, of the, the whole, the whole uh, I'm immunized. Uh, I'm immunized, right? That was just special. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like everything else in this country, everything ha- is uh, political. I get it. Uh, vaccination and everybody has an opinion there. Um, beyond the lying part, I'll just say, you know, I think as the best player on your roster, you also have, you know, <laughs> beyond any societal uh, responsibility, uh, maybe you have some responsibility in the locker room not to uh miss time uh, unnecessarily i mean <laughs> i mean look at tom brady i mean he has questions about the vax he actually got COVID. he got himself vaccinated you know i mean again and it's been a discussion here in baltimore i mean jackson is twice tested positive uh <laughs> and i guess yeah. but, you know he was always upfront about it though i'm sure so it's not yeah. really a problem i think it was like what it's kind of like i pointed out in, in the column it was you know you've had other carson wentz who's playing right now uh Cole Beasley, a few other players um, have said, I don't want to get the vaccine. And, you know, people make snarky comments and there were like questions a couple of times, but people get bored and they moved on and they just kind of go, okay, well, if he tests positive, he, you know, they, they've been willing to follow the COVID protocol. And again, people get bored and they move on to something else. It's not like really that, it's not something that has dogged them. You know, so well, we get we get robbed of seeing uh, Rogers versus Mahomes, but I am kind of excited to see. Uh, I am uh, too. Jordan, uh, Jordan Love and what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Tennessee. Uh, Henry unfortunately for, has uh, foot surgery and is out indefinitely. They've signed uh, Adrian Peterson. Um, we've talked about the Titans a lot, and certainly, uh, you know, think they were right behind the bills maybe as a the most dangerous threat in the afc with henry out and for an indeterminate amount of time obviously that's a uh, significant issue 
and their whole offense. Obviously, they have two quality receivers on the outside, but it's a lot of you know uh, building the play action in with, with Tannehill. So kind of interesting to see where they respond and see if AP still has anything left in the tank uh, uh, there. We can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, and this happens. This happens all the time in the NFL. You know, you just you sort of really do have to take it week by week. You're like, we're going okay, and we're doing well. That could change next Sunday. <laughs> that could change, yeah. yeah. That, that's a great summation. I just by the, by that, I mean, it is really true. It just a, a week to week, and uh, who's healthy, who uh, who's available. <laughs> and, yeah, it just, and it's and it just really stinks because especially because he was playing so well, and he was really that team was offense especially was really coming together and it was fun. It was starting to take shape and it was really fun to watch. And it just was like, ugh. and it's just, again, now they signed Adrian Peterson, who I really don't feel should be playing football anymore, but that's a, that's a different conversation, you know? But, uh, I mean, as a, uh, as a Ravens fan, and if I think about playing Tennessee in the uh, postseason again, maybe a third straight year, not a game I'd be looking forward to, but, uh, realistically, I'd want to play them with, you know, their best players available. And uh, Henry, it's a really special run he's been on the, these last couple of years and would have liked to see him uh, been able to finish uh, finish this year out. So I, I never want to see you. Uh, Just, you know, for an individual standpoint, I think he would have had a real shot at beating Eric Dickerson's single-season rushing record. I really do, especially yeah. with the 17th game. So our last uh, recap before looking ahead to this week, uh, the Saints, they've lost Winston, and now Thomas is not returning for the year. They are currently 5-2. and two. They're in good position for the playoffs. Do you think they'll be able to hold on and get there? Yeah, we're st- this is turning into like a trend. Every week I seemingly write off or blatantly disrespect the team, and then they come back and shut me up. Last <laughs> week I was running my mouth that I was not impressed with the Saints. They're not a real contender. <clears throat> they don't have it. And then they go out and they beat the Bucks again in the regular season. <clears throat> and uh, but you know it's a different type of team. That's a different type of Sean Payton team that we've been used to seeing over the years. We've been used to seeing a lot of uh, you know offensive fireworks, and then not every year because they've had some strong defenses there. But a lot of times it's like the defenses. Their job is to really come up with one or two big stops a game. And if they give up some points, that's fine. This year, they're really sort of predicated on on defense and controlling the ball. I don't know how big of a loss it is that Jameis isn't playing, and they haven't really had Michael Thomas around that much, so I don't really know if they're missing him there. Um, they Obviously, they missed the trade deadline, so they're not going to bring in another quarterback. I guess they're just going to sort of rely on Trevor Simeon and, or Taysom Hill if they, he, they he's actually ready to play. But I think I think they would rather bring Taysom would not would they would rather not excuse me not have Taysom Hill. Little technical issues there, but we're back and we'll just get into the action for this week. Uh, another AFC North matchup with Cleveland at Cincinnati. Uh, looks like Baker will play this week. Uh, Cincinnati coming off disappointing loss to the Jets. How do you see this game, Sid? I see the Bengals coming out pretty strong. That was a, kind of an embarrassing loss that they had last week, especially they had built up so much goodwill for people like me after beating the Ravens pretty handily. Then they go out and lay an egg to the Jets. That's kind of uh, something that's going to sting a little bit when they come back for practice this week. 
I expect to see a pretty inspired performance from Cincinnati, especially defensively. They got pushed around last week, and that was really weird to see. Um, as far as Cleveland goes, they're kind of holding things together with duct tape right now. Uh, they're really going to need, especially they're not going to have Odell in the lineup. He's not even going to be around. So we'll see how they do. Hopefully they can run the football and keep Baker on his feet and not get him smacked around because if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of trouble, especially going forward. They don't want that. New England, kind of quietly, they've got two five hundred with a chance to climb over at Carolina. Yeah, and especially now I'm I'm having a lot uh, easier time rooting for New England now. I think just take Tom Brady out of that lineup, and for some reason I don't find them as nearly as annoying. So it's just uh, – uh, listen, uh, the Patriots are looking really well, really good on defense. They're playing strong. Mac Jones is playing more or less – you know, he's keeping the mistakes to a minimum, and he, you can tell he is improving with every single week. They're actually pretty deep at running back, and uh, they're doing fairly well. I, I really think that they have uh, a good chance of doing something special this year. Uh, the Patriots, they've climbed uh, back to 500. They have a chance to go over with a win at Carolina. What are your thoughts there? Uh, I find New England a lot less annoying now that Tom Brady's not there. It's kind of funny how that works. But I've been very impressed with how the Patriots have really come together over the last few weeks. They're playing really strong on defense. Mac Jones looks better and better with every single passing game. They're surprisingly deep at running back. And they've got some uh, some good options at receiver. And it's amazing how you can trade away a guy like Stephon Gilmore and your defense seemingly gets tighter. I don't know how that works. Belichick is the only one that seemingly is able to do that because he's been doing that for many, many years, getting rid of guys that seemingly have a lot left in the tank, and he manages to excel. So I'm looking yeah, forward to seeing Always looking to make that move uh, a year early. They had guys coming back from COVID that were out last year, plus they went on that free agent spending spree. Um, eh, Patriots kind of kind of in an AFC that's pretty wide open, and the Patriots might wind up being kind of in that in that playoff mix uh, before this is out. Um, we talked a little bit about looking to see Jordan Love uh, and the Packers, and they head to Kansas City. Uh, what happens there? Um, I thought it was an interesting uh, – someone asked Matt LaFleur if he thought that Jordan Love was ready to go this week, and he said, I hope so. And uh, I thought that was a strange kind – of, that wasn't necessarily a, a solid endorsement there. But, yes, I, to answer your question, I'm very excited to see how he looks. Uh, as people have pointed out, this is very much how Aaron Rodgers kind of got his start. Uh, when Brett Favre got hurt in a game against Dallas, Aaron Rodgers came in and played really, really well. They still lost, but they they but he looked sharp in that game, and that helped Green Bay's future plans and how they plan to move off of Brett Favre. Jordan Love is getting his chance, and it doesn't always happen with a nice little buildup. Sometimes it just happens with little or to no notice. So we'll see how he does. I'm I'm excited, and he's playing the best team to play. On a first start, he's playing a Chiefs team with an anemic defense. So, yeah, anemic defense plus, I mean, Love isn't a, a rookie. He did have last year, whatever t- time that was, plus camp. He should be, you know, I'm not expecting him to play at the uh, Rodgers MVP level, but he shouldn't be a complete, uh, uh, completely unproductive either. Exactly. Uh, 
Uh, Arizona at San Francisco, a little NFC West action there. A must-win for the Niners to stay in the uh, wild-card race. Yeah, they can get back to 500 with a win here, and they're catching the Cardinals at the right time. Kyler Murray hasn't practiced all week. Neither has DeAndre Hopkins. So that's something to really keep an eye on. If they're missing both those guys, on Cliff Kingsbury has said that he could see Kyler Murray playing without having practiced. We'll see if that actually holds up because it might be worth it maybe to hold him out for one week just in case. Why not? Why push it and get him more hurt? Anyway, with San Francisco, who knows? They, they might be starting to get some injured players back. George Kittle was just taken off the IR uh, this week. Doesn't mean he's going to play on Sunday. But the NFC, while it's top-heavy, you know, when it comes to those six and seven seeds, you can get a team with a marginal record in. And if the Niners can get back to four and four, they're very much in the playoff race. So this is, yeah, a very, I wouldn't say must win. That might be a little harsh, but they really are going to want to come out and be, they're going to be, they're going to play motivated this week. Big game for them. Uh, the Ravens, after their bye, they uh, come back and host Minnesota. The Vikings, a, uh, uh, three and four overall, all of their games have been close. Uh, quality offensive weapons, and by the advanced defensive metrics, a quality defense. So what happens there? Uh, I'm just hoping the Ravens can get out of that with a uh, semblance of health on their roster because they have to play four days later against the Dolphins. So that's they, – they obviously are able to win this game. Uh, they, they just The Vikings just lost to Cooper Rush at home. So I think that uh, – on the uh, with the Ravens being at home and welcoming in a Viking squad that's not bad. They're a, that's the thing about them. They're a good team. I'm not going to come out there and say they're a bunch of schlubs, but for whatever reason, they just don't have enough. And uh, I think the Ravens are a better team, a stronger team, a better coach team. Um, sorry to say, and I think that they will. I wouldn't say easily, but they. I think they will definitely win this game. Battle of the Purple, the Ravens have to play better uh, than they did in their loss to Cincinnati going into the bye. Ravens have had issues of tackling all, all year. Want to see some of that uh, basic things uh, corrected coming coming out here. And I think they will. Uh, yep. So which division gets more teams to the playoffs? And we'll wrap up with this. The AFC North or the AFC West? Oh. Hmm. I'm going to say AFC North for right now. I think um, I like the Ravens, of course. Cincinnati looks strong. Don't sleep on the Steelers. They're going to be irritating, and they're going to be there right there at the end. I just somehow all these Tomlin coach teams are going to be able to do it. Uh, I am very down on the Chiefs. Uh, I'm not – nobody is hyped up on the Broncos. And we still don't know what we're going to get out of the Raiders. Again, they're 5-2. and We have this conversation every year. I keep saying this. I'm a broken record. But they've gotten off to a bunch of good starts in recent years and only to fade down the stretch. So unless until I see it, I don't believe it. And and also we have the Chargers, which is another which is another team I was ready to bet my life savings on, and now they've had two kind of meh performances in a row. So I don't know what to make of them either. So I, I like the AFC North chances better. I saw people half joking that uh, maybe the AFC North will get all four teams in uh, with this year having the uh, seventh. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, Sid. As always, come check out Sid's uh, most recent article previewing week nine at the site, BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com. Find Sid on Twitter where? At Real Sid Seraph. 
All right, good stuff as always. Sid, go back and enjoy a game you don't have to really care about uh, tonight. Uh, we'll, uh... Best games. <laughs> All right, talk again soon. Uh, find us again, BaltimoreSportsLife.com. Thanks.